This is Monica Perez, and we are here today with Johnny Vedmore, who shares with us some of his world-class research on a little-known figure who connects events like Watergate and Iran-Contra and people like Gloria Steinem and Jeffrey Epstein. A man named Stanley Pottinger, whose shadowy work is hidden in plain sight, but which continues today, and Johnny's here to tell us all about it. Thanks so much for being here. It's, uh, it was super interesting to read this stuff. Talk to me. What's happening? How are you? I, I'm awesome. I'm just like, you know, I, I especially like I've done a load of interviews on this and I've talked about it loads. And after after you, you spend a year, you know, really, oh God, focused in on like researching. And I had been researching certain parts of this beforehand, before I knew certain information and knew the direction. So so like I, I had this really, it's been about probably nine to 10 months of really hard research and it gets to the end and it's like this, oh God, it was just all my energy left as soon as I finally got the last of the Twitter thread out there and last of the videos, like all my energy went for just two days. And like I, I had a couple of like, conversations but now i'm just i'm pumped pumped to talk about it because it's it's like all synthesized being, now you're ready you're ready it's part it, yeah well it's it's part it's like now it's these articles become uh a part of my life i can't i can't get rid of ever again you know how did I've, you pick I've, this guy like why is this would you spend so much time on this guy i never even heard of him and i you know i i, I know my fair amount of you know deep characters yeah, complicated story. That is complicated yeah. story. Where did it come from? How'd you how'd it catch your eye? So so the the exact route, everything was normal and I was not on this route at all. And it was all fine and everything was fine. And my life was just going swimmingly. I was researching this and researching that. And then I had a, a call from Whitney Webb saying, can you uh, check out someone who Maria Farmer, um, and someone who describes herself as an Epstein victim, who comes up in these articles. Um, she was trying to get someone on to the Unlimited Hangout podcast, and I had to verify them. And so I went and looked into it and discovered the guy had seven to eight different identities and four charges of being in prison for ages and ages. And it didn't make any sense. And I thought Maria Farmer would love to know this information, and I was saving her because I believed completely, like, I. I I, I believed everything she told me. I, I was a bit of a, I was duped by, by she a was lot an of Epstein. An Epstein, she was like his uh, secretary. What was she? Officially, no, no. Well, officially, she says she was employed um, just down to to like paint and be a resident artist. Um, after she was forced by Eileen Guggenheim to sell uh, painting to them at half price when she was first introduced to them, and they invited her down. She says to Wexner's mansion. It was actually Epstein. Uh, she knows that Epstein owned that mansion as well, um, and. Um, there, eventually, as she says in her affidavit um, in the case that she filed, I think it was in April 2019, um, she was employed all of a sudden to work on the door at Epstein's New York property, uh, checking people who are going in and out. Um, so she obviously run multiple tasks and had been in multiple properties around the place. And it's quite hard to work out um, what's true from what's lies once you look into it, because it's just so complex. So that 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 whole, uh, I mean, I'm not going to mention the person's name. Yeah, so you were vetting, forward. Uh, yeah, I was you were vetting, vetting somebody and it came and this guy Pottinger was not that guy. It was no, somebody, no, his no, name no, came no. up. It was, it, it, yeah, yeah. I was vetting someone and I thought, I went to Maria and said, hey, hey, this guy who I, I vetted is not the guy who you think he is. And, and basically she turned on me, sent me a load of really nasty, angry messages, um, insinuated to me that I was homophobic, and later tagged someone in to uh, emails um, to her solicitor, long, sprawling emails, um, uh, where she's tagged someone in because she knows it's going to get back to me, and it's saying, like, oh, he's a homophobe and all of this. And it's just oh like, wow. God. So I think I after mean, that, reading your articles, I think I, I have a suspicion of who the person you were vetting. Is that possible? 
Oh God, I don't even want to. No, no, oh, okay. No, I, I won't speculate. I don't haven't haven't mentioned his name. Okay, in it okay. At all because there are a few um, fraudsters in the article. Like there are definitely people with like morphing identities in the article. Well, well, this guy's a bit of a strange one. So right. I, I kind of ignore him. I don't give him any fuel. Got it. Okay. Um, and I think he's a disinformation. Uh, he's Ugh, been I hate uh, that. recruited. And I think this is ho- a whole operation. And I have I a can- name for that. I don't know if you guys have the slang expression, but I call them taint agents. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that works out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit taint. vulgar because there's a double entendre, but they taint yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. but he, he, that's exactly what he does. That's exactly, yeah. uh, and 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 he's not like I say, he's not important to focus in on because nothing he can tell you will be true or relevant to to what the right. truth is. It's just it's just to keep you looking in the other yes, directions. Yes, yes, a time and waster. Just, yeah, yeah. So, so I. I it, it was pretty clear that Maria Farmer t- w- wasn't someone who, uh, like, she had portrayed herself to me. And I had trusted her for ages. I had had a, a long conversation with her before that, but I had I had talked to her on a multiple occasions via messaging and stuff um, and for, for over a year. And I, I, I found her, I, I was really disappointed, but I also knew that there were a load of people who had told me, who would send me messages saying, Maria Farmer isn't who you think she is. Is. Um, and over and over again and I was like I'm not getting involved in this yet I got too mo- many other things on my plate and when the mer- when it all happened I was like okay now I can't so I contacted all those people and I was like okay I'm sorry that I was a dildo <laughs> and and I've acted like a douchebag to you and a couple of them were very angry with me at first because I didn't I didn't insult them or anything I was just like I don't know what to believe and I'm not doing anything about this until I can understand more of what's going on and once i did understand more it was like okay uh, then then tell me what information you've garnered because a load of people had already been doing a load of research on it um and then i went down a route with um a lady i'd been working on another project with and i said oh you know this has happened can you help me look into this and we both went on a little adventure um research adventure together on it and basically pottinger's name eventually came up because because in 2017, um, before Maria Farmer p- becomes publicly an Epstein, of, uh, uh, an Epstein survivor, uh, you know, an accuser of, mm-hmm. of Jeffrey Epstein, before she fills out her affidavit in um, 2019, in 2017, she it turns out she's employed by Stanley Pottinger and David Bowies and others in what's called the f- in a private company that's called the f- Federal. Anti-Fraud Enforcement LLC. That's so um, funny. That's such a tricky name. I had to read that several times whoa, because yeah, it just they, it sounds. They, and these guys have at least Pottinger has bones like mm-hmm. government uh, credentials. Mm-hmm. But it's a private company. It's a class. Right. It's a private entity. So I, I, it's registered at the house where Stanley Pottinger lives. Um, and and then I was like, I, I someone, a couple of people had already told me that Maria Farmer had been in a, um, a relationship with Pottinger, and I really did think they were talking about his son Matthew Pottinger because I thought Pottinger would be too old for Maria Farmer. Maria Farmer's in the mid fifties. Pottinger's in his mid eighties. You know. Oh wow. Uh, um, but, but he's but a ladies' turned, man, from what oh, I can tell. Oh, I have to ask yes. you about that. Oh. Yeah. Oh yes, he's a naughty boy. He gets about <laughs> the place. That boy is a smoozer. He brought Kathy Lee Gifford to I the know. heights and to the depths. Uh, you I know. know. Just... I'm wondering what that guy is packing. Like he, I mean, yeah, Gloria Steinem. Yeah. He had, I don't yeah. understand how a deep state operative that is also on the level, like in the attorney general's office or whatever, can go out with your Gloria Steinem for 10 years in the 70s and not blow her cover as a CIA agent. Are people just willfully blind? I know, but that's the thing is that they, yes, because it was only about 1978, 1979 that Gloria Steinem said it out loud. They had been keeping uh, it relatively uh, okay, secret okay. until then, but still, that's pretty still, a, a late come on. on. Yeah. Eventually, she runs off with Mort Zuckerman. But, but the, the, the story, anyway, anyway, it led me to Pottinger. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to unpack loads of things then, because it, I tell you what, this, this, uh, th- these, free articles these aren't 
or the only, the only articles that are going to come from this. This is one of these um, sort of like investigative journeys that starts with a trilogy and it's may like a, go on for the rest piece. of my life. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like these are each individual one is like one piece of a bigger puzzle. And as you put them together, you start to see like it's just like an angle. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but like I've been wondering about you know, some of the difference between the the Florida and the New York accusers of Jeffrey Epstein. And like, I just see how this is, I mean, I, at, by the end of, of this trilogy, I just felt like there were so many worms out of the can and I wanted to okay. follow all of them. Yeah. They, they, there's a whole Florida set, uh, especially located around Palm Beach, who are controlling masses of of what's happening, you know, they, and it, that it's emanating from Florida, and that all of these connect uh, these people have like rather large connections with Florida is extremely interesting. There's also um, the uh, uh, what's it called um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited oh, Children. Yes. Now that came up twice in the article. Um, and I'm investigating Epstein, and that came up when uh, they're talking about Warren L. Dennis, who's round potting his house in 1995 when Paulus Band's doing a, a like an article about him, um, uh, like start when potting is starting his uh, career as a best-selling author. And Warren <laughs> L. Dennis is anti-defamation league, but he, he serves as a special counsel for all of the Secret Service. And who was officers. he? How does he fold in with Pottinger? Are they partners or they? they, they they're Friends, they used to be at the Justice Department right. together, is what the, the article right. says. So, yeah. so Justice Department colleagues or oh, CIA. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, it's hard to it's it's hard to tell, but the, this guy's obviously got a lot of reach, and he's outside counsel for uh, at that point for uh, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So, the fact he's in a house with someone who's got then links to uh, multiple Jeffrey Epstein. I have to interject here something that I was on. We talked about on Union of the Unwanted the other day, but it had been on my radar for a long time. And I just couldn't like really believe it like you, like unless I, I get more. I, you know, People think we're conspiracy theories, but I actually resist the urge to go down the rabbit hole. But there's no, you know, I just fall in because they're just so big. But there was a state senator, and I guess her name is um, well-known now, but when I lived in Georgia, it really was not. Um, Garland Favorito wrote articles about her. Nancy Schaefer, she was a state senator, I think, in Georgia. And she died in a murder-suicide with her husband. I mean, these were retired people with grandkids, like straight out of there. I, I just don't believe for one second, not for one yeah, second, yeah, yeah. it was a murder-suicide. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a murder-murder and not by each other. But she had been investigating and exposed and I think took action against, um, I, I don't know if it was missing and exploited children. I think it was child services during the Clinton era and it went so far as to say, and there was nothing I found flaky about her story or anything, um, that, that I don't know if it was the Clinton administration or people close to Clinton it was during that era would actually pick children they wanted and and then child services would start proceedings against the parents to separate the children from the parents under the false pretext of they were abusive, but really just based on wanting the kids. So that, to me, given like the Jeffrey Epstein thing, I think that's interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, there, there's loads going on in my mind right now. There's loads of, 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 of links because um, I'll quickly say the other um, link in this article that you could say about the national um, – uh, Center for Missing and Exploited Children, just to mention quickly, is Hunter Biden is actually, uh, he comes up in the article as represented by David Boyce, who's kind of involved with the Epstein victims, etc. Um, and also was representing Harvey Weinstein, Ferranos, and loads of other, like, really dodgy people. It's funny, um, they're on both sides of the sexual exploitation issue. They represent yeah, yeah. the victims and also the perpetrators. There is an unbelievable picture, though, of Hunter Biden holding an award that was presented for Bo Biden, his late brother, um, who he's obviously there's much well, he was sleeping uh, with his wife. evidence. Yeah, that he was maybe his daughter. I mean, uh, yeah. there's video out there that's supposed to be him sleeping with Bo's daughter, and he's accepting an award at the National oh Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and that's on the laptop as well, I believe. That was one of the things that came, pictures that come on. The, it's just him holding this award, at, and they're, they're all smiling. Now, at the same time, when you're talking about this sort of stuff, you're talking like, okay, uh, Epstein relation, um, Nicole Youngkerman, 
the 2002 meetings with senators in Foxcote House in on September the 1st and on, on the weekend of September the 1st of 2002. Um there's loads of oh what what what, what we talk so so we talk sorry sorry my, so my yeah brain I know is, that the that Nancy Schaefer was saying that they would pick children they would pick yeah children. so 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 two days after those meetings took place was the start of the new um uh, sitting of Senate and it, the first bill that would go through would be the Amber Alert bill that was Hillary Clinton I wonder um, Hillary Clinton led the the push for the Amber Alert bill which was about linked in with the, uh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and uh, being able to target and note a missing and exploited children I talked with a guy called um, I think his name is, uh, well, he, he does Maximus Disclosure. If you go on to Twitter, um, you'll find him, Jack. He, and, and he's done loads of research on this um, firm called Maximus, who's like the main firm now in charge of um, like uh, putting welfare uh, benefit claims on people and trying to take them to court and then taking children off people. And yeah, all of the money that's meant to that, that they get from this stuff is just held in this like big cloud of money that they're responsible for and never goes to the parents like or barely goes to the parents who it's supposed to go to so they 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 maximus like deals in trying to get child benefit off people and then that leads to children being taken off people there's a whole infrastructure around the the that that's really i mean as i go through article after article there's all of these little links all over the place that start to paint a picture of how a child trafficking operation is protected via policy um, and how the what goes on behind the scenes to make sure that people are agreeing and on board with that policy. Like drug trafficking, except for like the opposite in that drugs, like people should be able to do what they want. But this is insane. And it's they, I, they probably I mean, have apparatuses set up. They have experience because they've been trafficking in illegal substances internationally for a long time yeah but also like if you want to if you want to like understand why this happens you've got to understand that all of the poop rises to the top uh, of all of these organizations all of these things like national center for missing and exploited children nspcc in the uk or whatever all of these child child uh, protection services anything even if it's government private whatever all all of the poop floats to the top and they become in control of almost everything so what do you have you have like um uh, uh, uh that that one of the Epstein Associates was the head of um, uh, one of the UK charities. So you, you, you I can't remember what her name is, uh, Lady Ivy, uh, <laughs> Countess Ivy or whatever her name is. Um, she, she was, she, she was the head of, of uh, one of the, the child charities over here. And she was allowed to stay in that position, even though they knew all of the, the, the links she had to, to Epstein oh, from, from the early nineties, like not just a little bit. Um, Claire Hazel, her name is uh, Lady Ivy. Ivy, she goes by now. Um, this, all of this is like about policy. It's about uh, making sure that right at the top, they employ the people who aren't going to end up asking questions. And I was speaking right. to someone yesterday in the park who who's, um, works for uh, a, a big child protection charity. Um, and uh, who, sorry, who's cousin works for a big child protection charity and he's based in um jersey and they they were saying he, he doesn't even understand like child protection it's like it's, it doesn't make any sense why he's employed and there's his own family member like saying he just yeah. you know he he's off in a world of fantasy writing fantasy books and doing other things right. he's not even interested in all of this well they employ people like that for a reason you know the infrastructure they build uh, yeah, the managers and the people yeah. think are the most stupidest uh, lacking in logic reason you know they employ these people for a reason to keep it that they can do a lot of things at the top um, I feel we've gone off course quite a way. <laughs> well, I was, it, yeah, it's we good. can like get it. back like on it. because it was 
So the I did skip ahead to the Pottinger-Epstein connection, but I have been fascinated just by his origin story. So his first, like he was pretty young, Pottinger from, is it Pottinger or Pottinger? I feel like it's a... I, I say Pottinger. I, I, yes. I, so I, but I also probably say Pottinger. Huh. I, 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 but I don't I think know it's if Pottinger. it's a... Uh, but I, I think I, it's uh, maybe potting. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'll go with potting. Uh, you're the you're yeah, the expert. So I'll go potting. It's hard it, for me to do it. But okay, so he so he was pretty young. So his father, from what I recall from the first article, his father died at the age of 48 from open heart surgery. He was a civic, uh, you know, active in local politics or whatever. And then his son, who did, he had two sons, one of whom was involved in a really bizarre sexual scandal and cover-up. And then Stanley, who I think went to Harvard and then came out, uh, hit the road running because he mm. had some high-ranking political positions. I guess he wasn't uh, in, uh, wasn't tainted by his brother's escapades. Oh, my God. His brother's fantastic. David Forbes potting. I mean, this was like gift after gift. I, 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 you have to understand that. I'm like, I like, I, I find a load of suspicious things about Jay Stanley Pottinger and his links with someone who's, you know, uh, I, I'm already have suspicions about. And I say, okay, I have to go back to the beginning of Jay Stanley Pottinger. And I get back to the beginning and I find his father, John Pottinger. And I, I mean, John Senior is because Jay Stanley Pottinger, who's called Stanley Pottinger, often goes by the name Stan Pottinger. I believe that he's ended gonna end up being just called St. Pottinger <laughs> because Mr. he's S. slowly changing his name. Like, but his his full name is John Stanley Pottinger. But he always okay. went by the name Jay Stanley Pottinger early on in newspapers when he was a kid. He came up as John Pottinger or John Stanley oh. Pottinger or John S. Pottinger. So he but is that sounds kind constant... of CIA also because you know what they'll do? Away. They'll just misspell one letter in a name and they know it'll like defeat like your cursory search yeah 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 they, they know exactly what yeah i mean so 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 john john potting a, a senior when i looked into him he's a dayton city uh commissioner he, he'll eventually be the fourth to die in office in a row um of dayton, dayton city commissioners <laughs> so something going was going on, on in yeah, dayton ohio <laughs> back in 1958 Woo! i tell you they, they're crazy down that way uh, ohio seems to be on crossroads right now Oh, I know, I know. Ohio's in the middle of everything. Always, 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 always. I mean, every thread I follow seems to always like go through Ohio at some point. You go, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same with in Montreal. That's a, a, a common one as well. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he was a Dayton City Commissioner, and uh, like as soon as I looked into him, he owns his own insurance company. Okay, so he's a bit rich. He's a thirty-second or thirty-three degree Mason because he's part of Scottish right. He's so he's a, this special Mason. He's Bohemian Grove. Really? Um, it's pretty, yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. It's like suddenly I've followed back to his father, and his father is like the height of the establishment. He had been the Commissioner and Commissioner and the, all of this and the board and the boards and stuff like this and uh, he had had three children Paul Pottinger who I leave alone in the article completely <laughs> poor old Paul oh I never even heard <laughs> of him yeah I know I know I know no one ever hears of Paul but maybe I think he's I was saying on the, on the interview the other day he might he probably the most evil of he's the mastermind he's, he's pulling the strings like, <laughs> <laughs> I have controlled them all and they all think it's uh, brothers <laughs> But um, so so there was Paul Pottinger, there was uh, David Forbes Pottinger, and there was John Stanley Pottinger. And John Stanley Pottinger is obviously the one who rises um, up the ranks as quickly as can be. Uh, he's like his father, you know. He in school he's like the all-star quarterback and the the um, on the board of the boards and all of that sort of stuff too. Every single award you can imagine given to a kid is given to to him. So he's gonna be noted by. Uh, recruitment for either intelligence agency, law enforcement, yeah. uh, uh, officials, whatever. Um, by the time he's 16, 17, you know, he's uh, a, a, a one of the student politicians or on the student politics yeah. board for Republican parties. I always, he's active. I always Go look on. for the parent, like the parent who would have had a door to open for the kids. So like if I think yeah. somebody's like fishy, 
And there's no, like, the parent was just a fire, I mean, even a fireman, I might, but like a guy was just a ditch digger, you know, like my dad mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I'm like, I, I don't know, could go either way. But as soon as there's a door that opens, um, anything from like a Harvard psychiatry professor or a guy who's like in the state department, I'm like, well, there's your entree. If, you know, now look, let's yeah, hope yeah. for more. And, and, and lick that on train. It will be tasty. I can promise you. It will be tasty. <laughs> yes, for and, sure. And jo- John Pottinger was known right up until his death. One of the articles uh, in 1958, in December 1958, after he died, said that he had um, chosen to have his heart surgery on a gambler's chance. He didn't have to have it, but he was having like lots of pain. It was a risk that he could have a heart attack. So he decided to have it on a gambler's chance and he lost that gamble. But they, they note that out like there's something that he was he was a gambler mm. and he died at the age of 48 but he dies in 1958 there's a really important run-up to him dying as well because he takes john stanley potting i think it's in 1957 he takes john stanley Potter when um stands like uh, 16 17 he takes him to the soviet union on a yacht I, that makes like you're in the height <laughs> of the cold war 1957 and you go on a yacht Yacht wow. trip with your son to the Soviet Union, and they come back, and it, 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 one newspaper reports that a young John uh, J. Stanley Pottinger is standing up in roomfuls of adults, telling him about what it's like behind the Iron Curtain. So, where is he recruited? I mean, there's so many points right. he can be recruited in this. Right, right. He's so many points. He's heading towards Harvard. So, his dad dies in 1958. He's already started at Harvard at that point, and he, John Stanley Pottinger, starts uh, in go, uh, like. Um, School of Government. Uh, so that's headed at that time, I think, by Henry Kissinger. <laughs> so you can imagine. And he he say, states in one um, newspaper article I found, they quote him as saying, uh, uh, um, Stanley Pottinger saying, uh, a young Stanley Pottinger saying, oh, my, my one of my teachers taught, uh, wrote the Weimar Constitution and stuff. You know, I, I have these big lectures. So obviously, and, and he also states something interesting I didn't know, that, that Harvard didn't have... Um, fraternities. Instead, right. it has loads of of student groups and finals uh, I went and to work Harvard. groups. Yeah, it, it, well, it has loads of CIA projects going on all over the bloody place, doesn't it? it it's got. It, I mean, it can't no, no, help no. It. I it, thought it, Yale was the CIA one. <laughs> I, I know they all, yeah, but they, I, I really have started, I mean, from an outsider, they all look like they have slightly different functions. And Harvard and Yale's functions uh, are roughly the same, are roughly aligned, but there's like nuances to them that make them, uh, like, you could say that the 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 top boys are at Yale, um, but all of the best managers are at Harvard. Maybe uh, I remember doing the same thing. they were very close with, I was only a transfer student, so I was only there for a couple of years, and the finals clubs are only for boys so i went to one once i had to go in the back door it was quite (laughs) i like boys but i didn't like going in the back door so but there was a lot of connection with them at mit and i think (laughs) mit is sorry that's that's what she said yeah exactly (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) oh there's so much there but uh anyway so the mit crowd definitely when i think about it now uh, I just think of it as a hotbed for like defense industry research and stuff, you know, and, and MIT, I'm just saying yeah, MIT yeah, yeah. and Harvard are like uh-huh. neighboring, if I mm-hmm. recall correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and there's loads, I mean, there's lo- there's it's really interesting like if when when i'm looking into someone like teal uh for instance yes. you go to you go to stanford and then you discover all of these different other people who are there and you go oh of course look that's what's happening at that place that's what's happening at that place so and i did lots of study of course with the Klaus schwab stuff um into harvard and the international seminar yes. And, yes. and william yandel that Elliott was so interesting that sort of yeah. yeah well harvard is just such an interesting place yeah. and i like that a place like Harvard exists and that it pushes boundaries. I, I, you know, I do, I don't want everybody to be backwards and stupid. I don't want that. Well, I will tell I just you. I don't want them to be so fucking evil. I dropped out of public school and then I went to community college. And when I showed up as a junior to Harvard, I really like, I did, I didn't really learn anything there because everybody, this is what I discovered <laughs> is that 
the real movers and shakers, the real money people, the people who are really being prepared for the future. It's like what I said about look at the parent and see how, um, but the door is open that those people, that stuff is in high school from what I can tell. Like they go to these mm. like super elite high schools yeah, in DC or yeah, New York city. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, yeah. I was a totally like, Everybody's watching the birdie. Everybody's yeah, I watching had no Yale. idea. Everybody's watching her. I was there to make hey, it look the, like there's diversity. Yeah, the recruitment of leadership group happens before you get to the birdie. Yes. Yeah, that you, 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 everybody is watching uh, the, the 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 big the big places, but it's already happened. You've yeah. already I been was, undercut. That's nearly with say, every single part of what they do. I was probably there to learn how to like be a good worker because I like, you have to pass. They, they're probably taking it away now, but you had to pass like the SATs or whatever. You had to get a certain grade and they knew I wasn't going to run the world, but they, I think they, they expect you to slot in. Mm -hmm. And not only can they slot you in as like a high staff, whatever worker position, they'll take you out of the opposition, which I feel mm -hmm. like the fact that I just, it was too late for me. I was like, almost 20 like there was absolutely no way they were gonna brainwash me at that point so yeah. and I, I like they gave me a scholarship and i appreciate it. it was helpful but i feel like uh they would be disappointed if they knew that i came out against the establishment you know like mm -hmm. i i feel like they mm -hmm. they would have been i think part of their process in pulling smart people out from the depths is to keep them on their side to co-op them kind of mm -hmm. like brad yeah, edwards yeah, i want to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, before yeah, we yeah. you know we gotta yeah. get so, to that. So, there's, I mean, there's layers to that. What you're talking about there as well is that they've, they've, they're training you up to be a good leader, but not the leader at the top or any of the top echelons at all. Yeah. But, but a good a leader. Sergeant. On I'm a sergeant. I'm like an NCO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's completely acceptable that you would see yourself like that because there's obviously limits to how much you right. can uh, prosper and go forward in a situation like that. And and like let's let's like link back to that period of Harvard because mm -hmm. this is a really interesting. Fifty eight. I think like, Kaczynski was there. I think Kaczynski was the youngest person ever meet. Yes, and yes, they yes, were yes, doing yes. MK Ultra on him at that time. Hey, there's there's uh, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, fifty seven. Yeah, well, Kissinger's international seminar had been set up. Uh, that was one of the first, like, CIA uh, proper projects about trying to find international leadership candidates to insert into countries when they're doing coups. So they were going to be doing coups from 1952, 1953. They did, like, Egypt and Iran. It was obvious they were going to continue doing coups, and that's what they've done. This historically. We can look back on it and see it. And so they were creating the leadership group. They needed to do that before. Beforehand. So Kermit Roosevelt and the gang, uh, Junior and the gang, uh, all, all uh, came up with an idea. Hey, let's do uh, an international seminar. They went to William uh, Yandel Elliott, who's a, a, a grandee on the um, American politics. Uh, he was advisor to six sitting presidents um, and he's always in the background. You never really see him. The, you can't handle the Yandel, as, as one <laughs> oh, account really? says on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, because he's. he's, he's He's just, I, I mean, even if you look at him, William Yandel Elliott is someone strange to look at. He's a really strange looking creature. Um, and Kissinger said in 1951, or it should have been called Yandel Elliott's International Oh, um, interesting. Seminar, yeah, but he wants to keep the hidden life his best. Yes, yes, and he did. He did. He was a proper top. CFR boy was uh, William Yandel Elliott. Um, really interesting links. When I started looking into his history, I was like, I'm going to have to go back to there because yeah. I think there's one degree of separation between him and the Trudeau family um, because Pierre Trudeau, who attended Kissinger's international seminar that really should have been called Yandel Elliott's <laughs> international <laughs> seminar, is related to an Elliott and it seems to be in the same way. Oh, there was an Elliott house and, and cousin. at Harvard. Oh, we, there's like 13 uh, dorms and they well, have the names of families oh. and there was one called Elliot, and it was for the fancy people. Well, they were a big <laughs> fancy family. They were this fancy. Elliot family, that's for sure, <laughs> and that's who Pierre uh, Trudeau um, uh, come from. And he then, like, directly, like, uh, goes into. Um, I think it's his mother is of, of that line. But anyway. 
so that's going on there. Okay, he so he was at Harvard. Pottinger was at Harvard. Yeah, so wait, wait, I was going to say, it, yeah, so so there's all of these like sort of CIA projects started by the early 50s, yeah. like Kissinger's International. Right. Summer, and there's lots of things happening there. And it gets to 1958. And by 1958, Gloria Steinem has finished her uh Scholarship. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say definite quotation marks. Who was CIA recruitment yeah. uh, trip round that India? That video embedded um, in your article with her talking about being recruited by the CIA, calling herself oh. a CIA agent. It was like, what? And there's nothing wrong with the CIA, <laughs> right? I mean, the they CIA, were they, they were funding things. my anti-communist stuff, so they were great. They were totally apolitical, had no agenda. It's like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> like, are you? Yeah. Are you saying that it with was, a straight it, face? It, I, well, number one, Clive Gray, who was the one who I think originally recruited her. I think his name was Clive Gray, if I remember correctly. Um, he fancied the pants off her, along with a load of other of the guys as well. And because they all fancied the pants, they, they um, and they were responsible for her budget. They just kept giving her bigger right. budgets anyway. Um, and so by 1958, she had got back after... I mean, I, I mentioned a story that's a bit of a murder mystery in the middle of about um, Rear Admiral Quiggle going missing and Gloria Steinem being the only person to set the narrative just after she's been recruited by the CIA. With hearsay. So she's on a boat with this guy. He disappears off the boat, obviously got thrown overboard. They said it was a suicide, which is highly unlikely. There was no reason for it. And she said, well... I talked to one of the crew and they said they heard him say to his wife, you'd be better off a widow. It's like, who would even, like, who would even print that in the newspaper? Like, that would just be garbage. And he'd be like, especially back then, you'd look at a 24 year old or whatever saying something like that and you would just feel like, shut up, honey. Like, that's just, I really Mm -hmm. feel like what they would have done. Like, I don't think any self research, like the New York Times or something, is putting double hearsay in, uh, you know, just seems highly unlikely. Un- unbelievable and, and what what is more unbelievable like the family um the the wife never confirms the supposed uh narrative uh, words that she puts to Gloria Steinem puts into the service, which is that he told his wife that he didn't want to live or something she'd and be then better off a widow yeah, and he kissed her Why? And walked walked away yeah. and all of this and left the state room slowly um, <laughs> but then in a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's the quote. It's like it was so ridiculous. Hovering. Yes. What kind of here? You know, majestically. uh, That's a weird detail for double suicide. 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 I mean, that's basically what she was projecting, and she. I mean, she was a real interest. So, so uh, he does go missing, um, and they don't find him, and the family say, "No, you know, there's something wrong with all of this. He was was never suicidal. This doesn't make any sense. We don't believe it." Um, uh, we want an investigation. And they say, no, we're not going to investigate. And then it just disappears out of the news forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> never, it's never talked Her about Her first again. foray <laughs> into the media. So, yeah. but how did she, so yeah, was, so he was at Harvard. She was also being recruited to the CIA so, at that time. So she, yeah, but she, she's, her CIA project, the ISI, the International <laughs> Student uh, <laughs> Initiative that was going over to Austria um, right. in 1959 to, to fight against property, uh, propaga- um, propaganda that was communist yes, propaganda. Yes, yes, yes. The Red um, Menace was, uh, had, attacking the yeah, youth yeah. in Vienna. Well, that project was based at Harvard as well. So, nineteen fifty-eight, she gets a load of money to 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 work out of Harvard, and he's first started attending there. So, she must be a bit of a starlet around the place because she's at that point wearing leather and got nice straight parting in her hair, which makes her a feminist. Uh, and <laughs> that's what she builds herself up as. Um, she actually, I didn't include this in the article because I didn't want to go too deep in Gloria Steinem, but she actually gets married at some point and changes her name for a very brief period. Um, and that's just never mentioned in the record. And I think she marries someone who's in the army. And it, I would say that's how she, is, That I, I think it happens. I can't remember when it happens, but it's a really interesting like note that I, uh, if someone else is looking into Steinem, have a look at, at her previous marriage and you you go into a, down another rabbit hole again because she's full of rabbit holes. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so basically Gloria Steinem is there in 1958. Stanley Pottinger starts there. He's there 1962. He starts his law degree, but something happens that lets him test out his law degree uh, just as he's starting uh, at Harvard Law um, is his brother, who we mentioned earlier, David 
Forbes Pottinger. And it's a bizarre uh, story of a man who um, basically fakes his own abduction uh, they, they, he's a city right. commissioner following after the, in the footsteps of his, uh, late father. Um, his father's four years dead by this point. And suddenly he goes missing one night after a city, um, commissioner's meeting and they find his t-shirt or what's assumed to be his t-shirt and a shoe and some beer can, cans near the, the place where he had bought the beer from in the night after the meeting. And he seemed to have disappeared and no one could find him. They sent out 300 scouts god damn it to look <laughs> yeah. and search around they sent up a light aircraft to have a look around this was serious times yeah. they put they said basically they were looking for his body right. and they didn't stop looking for his body for a while well, at least until the baby his babysitter uh went missing and and there seemed to be some form of connection between the two only she and called then, her mom to send her clothes yeah, later on. So, oh, is that uh, later? Because she wasn't wearing any clothes oh up gosh. until then. I know. She was 17. Her name was Sherry Van Der Vile, Um, And she went on this uh, adventure with David Forbes Pottinger, where he basically uh, trafficked her across state lines for sex. This is Stanley Pottinger's brother. Trafficked her across state lines for sex. Uh, bought a yacht. Sailed around for <laughs> a month and a half <laughs> having so sex. Um, then, then run out of money went back sold the yacht uh and then he left her in i think it was new york said okay uh stay here for a little bit and then come back and act like you've just been away and, and whatever i don't know what he was expecting her to do she was only a kid oh, yeah. like yeah i she didn't know really what what was up or down by the sounds of it um and and he uh turned up in a ditch in tennessee 44 days after going missing they find him in a ditch he's got a bump on his head and he says he can't remember anything <laughs> and he's got amnesia and they say yes he could be a victim of amnesia <laughs> and then they spend um, a long time with him in hospitals and uh, having evaluations going from one hospital to another hospital um, but eventually yeah Sherry Van Der Waal gets a, a note from uh, sends a note to her mum to say can you send me some clothes right. um, I'm going to be coming back and then she ends up going to stay with some family I think somewhere like Washington yeah, I'll bet. Uh, Get her out of yeah. town. That guy is a danger. Although he was only in his yeah. 20s. She was 17 and he was like 26 or something, which is, you know, it's a lot, but it's not totally I know, I know. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but he was married. Well, it, over, so over that's in, not cool. Over in Britain, that wouldn't have been a crime. Right. It wouldn't have been a crime. It would right. have been like, that was just a relationship in Britain. Right. Uh, you, Although you know, he was married, um, so he's like gross, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. But even, even in Britain, I mean, if you're in your 20s, in your mid twenties, and you're going out with a seventeen-year-old, yeah, 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 you know, you're, yeah. you're skirting on the lines of yeah, uh, but... of decency there for sure. But yeah, she he was married, and he faked his own abduction. And when he got found in a ditch, he claimed that he remembered the people who had. Um, he was trying to uncover uh, <laughs> a, a yeah. gambling uh, ring that was in all uh, oh, these dastardly gangsters who were taking over Dayton and he had gone to the FBI he says and stuff and they weren't interested so he had gone to solve it himself taking out some money and was going to pay an informant to give him information so he could take down this operation and then they beat him up stole the money and he ends up in the ditch 44 days now, later and he can't how, remember what's happened how old was Stanley then? So Stan then is, I suppose, 22, and he goes straight into action. Um, I mean, he's when when his brother's missing, he's out there front. And center um it, when i there comes a point where it's obvious that david has made contact with them either even questioned by the police at one point of whether him and his stepdad are questioned because his mum remarries know, pretty, pretty quickly. quickly uh yeah pretty quickly i'm not surprised <laughs> you got like that that stiff stiff yeah. so it's time to get on to the next well you're Mr. still Chittenden. young Woo! yeah and 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 hopefully she had nice love i hope she had nice love but anyway yeah she had a, a 
she had a point where she had to scare when her son went missing, and her other son stepped up to the plate and started to fight, and was was fighting against, you know, stood on the doorstep and say called all the girls who were saying stuff about his brother and saying he'd run off with a babysitter, called them all liars and stuff. And as soon as uh, it turned out that they were right, he just disappeared really quickly. See, off. I think that there's a possibility that that is a recruiting opportunity as well, because James Comey, whom mm. I'm sure you know is like the FBI guy, whatever, such total actor in my opinion he was involved in when he was 17 he identified a guy called the ramsey rapist and he the government had to pay three and a half million dollars in compensation to this guy because it wasn't him and comey went to the mat saying it was him when he was 17 and i never got over the feeling that they were like wow this kid is some kind of liar and we need a guy like him and I just wonder, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen stuff like that uh, several times where there was an early experience, like a teen experience with law enforcement, where the kid just did something really messed up and they're like, he's our guy. And I, I just think that could be another chance to like say, oh, this guy, this kid can, you know, has no scruples at all. Yeah, yeah, I think he was already... Uh, yeah, he's already on you, the road. D- d- I, I think he was already on the road, if not already recruited, but that is uh, a perfect opportunity for multiple reasons, including um, that when uh, it eventually gets to court. Now, there's something called, at this point, a Man Act, which was um, a mm-hmm. white slave trafficking yeah. act. I don't know what white slave means. I don't. I, I think uh, I, I, the white slave trafficking act is white... It, isn't necessarily relating to skin color or anything like oh, that. Oh, interesting. I think it means something else. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, so so I, I, I should have checked that. I feel very bad about it. Um, um, but anyway, so the, the Man Act, it, it, they said basically there was a technical violation, which is a violation. So it's breaking the law. Yeah, I right. Mean, breaking of the law is a technical violation. <laughs> <laughs> That's just stupid. So, so they said there's a technical violation of the Man Act, but we're going to send it to juvenile court where he's going to get a lesser um, uh, sentence if he cooperates. He doesn't cooperate uh, right up until the end, and then they give him a lesser sentence, whatever, let him off, and he runs off quickly to Hawaii and disappears and admits it all eventually, just admits <laughs> it all, and then he runs off to Hawaii. They don't let, let it the other way. He basically goes to court. It gets to the very last moment that he could possibly get away with it, and then he says, okay, I did it. I, yeah, I, I, I trafficked her across straight lines, and I did it for a sec. And then he goes off with his wife, and, and then the next year, he's crashed, his, he's crashed someone's boat into, a, into an island. So he's like, fantastic story. There's actually a lo- another story about David Forbes parting of that I could have told um, because I think he goes on to write a book um, other people can work this out if this is true but um, I remember when I was writing early on I was researching I was like okay that's not something that's going in the article because I've already yeah, got yeah, way too, too much, much to go that. through yeah like this is crazy so, so I'm going to just leave that out but there's loads so, but of it does it. go full circle where this Stanley Pottinger was early in his life Closely associated with someone who, as Trump would say, liked him a little young. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he had met loads of girls yeah. there. David Forbes had gone to the Crystal and Silver Lakes area um, where he had met all these girls in restaurants and cafes and all the people who owned the restaurants and worked there all knew David Forbes' partner turned up with loads of different random women all of the time and was constantly Ooh. cheating on his wife. And he looks like the type. When you look at him and his face, he's got this dumb look on his face like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a dirty boy. But anyway, Stanley Pottinger, he's back at Harvard. He starts um, uh, Harvard Law. Um, in and I think it's 1962 as well. Maybe it's 1961 because he, he he's uh, finished by 1965, maybe. So I don't know if they're three or four years that he does in Harvard Law, but he's already done government. He already, obviously, he might have done like uh, parts or units of law when he was doing his government degree. So he might have been able to fast track it. I don't know how it, how it worked. But anyway, um, he, he finishes at Harvard. And I think there's another story to be told about that whole period. Um, but I, I there was, like I say, there's so much to go on that the, it was time to move on and he goes afterwards uh, to, to work for Broad 
Schultz, uh, Curie and Schultz, who's a, which is a, a law firm, um, uh, and it's a very interesting thing because after there's a um, an article from in sometime in the 1970s or 80s that looks back on all of the people who were in Nixon and Ford and Carter administrations as a, assistant attorney generals and attorney people who are in the Justice Department, uh, Civil Rights Department, um, and and. They basically said that, uh, look, these people had only tried one or two cases before they were put in their jobs. They hadn't actually tried much. So he was there in 1965. Through 1960, late 1960s, like 1967, he's noted as like on Republican Party sort of like uh, commissions and boards. Um, so f officially in the Republican Party machine. And I mean, this obviously becomes much... Oh, this becomes much more obvious later on. Oh, yeah. When the October surprise and the Iran. I mean, yeah, let's, stuff. shall we keep going, but let's fast forward to that when, because he didn't do a lot in the 70s. He's uh, tried, I think, one or two cases. I think it was one case, but it might have been two cases uh, and with uh, broad. Korean Schultz, and he quickly um, gets hooked up in the Department of Health, Education and Welfare in 1969 as an advisor uh, while Nixon's in office, and then he gets put in in 1970 uh, office uh, director of uh, Office of Civil Rights under the um, Department of Health, Education and Welfare. And there he serves out three years which are like basically working on civil rights cases, desegregation. He actually makes desegregation go right. slower. Right, I mean that's the thing that that's funny is that later in life he he acts like or maybe the Gloria Steinem connection like kind of imparts to him this aura of being a civil rights uh, you know, having civil rights credentials. And my idea was that he was there to slow it down, cover it up, craft it. It's like when I used to work in a big company and they had an HR department and every meeting you go to, the HR department tells you how they are there for you. And it only it took me like until I left and I was like, oh, wait. They are there to protect the company, which is, you know, reasonable. They're pay being paid by the company, but they don't. But you think that they're because they like, you know, human beings. And, and it's, I mean, God bless them. They're doing a, an important job, but. I mean, it's they are working for the company. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, it, so Stan, Stan Pottinger in 1973 goes across to the Justice Department. In 1973, there's loads of um, rumors that he's also going to lose his job um, as a uh, shuffle around in Watergate. Um, what we were talking about there with him slowing down desegregation, it was actually stated at the beginning when he got his post in 1970 that he was being put in uh, to replace Leon Panetta, who was moving too fast on segregation. So they say it out loud that they were doing that. Right. Anyway, from 1973, you got Watergate raging, and that's like, I, I, I mean, that's an hilarious affair. Um, and that was like centered around a burglary in the Watergate Hotel, and it was uh, then... Uh, to find members of the Weather Underground movement. I don't have my books up yet, but I have a book called Silent Coup. And it's a teeny tiny bit of a whitewash, but it basically gives a different narrative for Watergate, which is the break-in and the Democrat headquarters wasn't at all about like uh, campaign secrets because Nixon was winning and won. After Watergate broke, Nixon won by a landslide just so people understand mm -hmm. how much nobody cared. But what the real break-in supposedly was to uncover prostitution scandal in the Democrat Party, just for your little, mm, I've just heard to stay it. on I, theme. I, yeah, I, I've heard this. Yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in like every single one of these through this this article, Pottinger article. I'm looking at Pottinger's involvement, so I have to explain these things and I have to learn them briefly. But all of these, uh, like Watergate, what we talk about later, Iran Contra stuff. These are really complex, sprawling cases that are not just about one thing. They bundle up everything. They put give it a name, and you yes. don't realize that the majority of things that don't sound like that name are all bundled up yeah. in there too, and. That some of the people in, uh, who were in the Weather Underground movement are still within politics and stuff. That's something else I want to investigate because loads of people have been saying that, you know, oh, they're still in power. They're still in. in, in and I've been like, oh, well, I, I bet they are because, you know, this is obviously a cover up. And they needed their best people on the job. And he, there was rumors that it's, uh, Stan Pottinger was going to lose his job nearly straight away after gaining it because Watergate right. was breaking. But instead, he'd become the, the most important person. I think that's why he was sent over to the Justice Department because he would be the guy who finds uh, no conspiracy in places. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. He would investigate. He's like Snopes. 
<laughs> he's Snopes. like, yeah, 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 like... <laughs> completely. He's the official Snopes. Yeah, he's yeah, he, Mr. Snopes himself. <laughs> uh, uh, but he, yeah, he finds like in the Kent State Massacre where the National Guard shot a load of uh, students during the protest and uh, they denied there was an order to fire. Yeah, loads of people in an order to fire. Later on, there was a tape that was produced that the people say says there's an order to fire um, and, and all of this sort of stuff. But it, it's Stanley Potting always put in charge to find no conspiracy. And the assassination of Martin Luther King, he looked through the 8,000 documents, loads of them, which pointed directly at a conspiracy. Yeah, I have books on that, that too. Was, Dr. Pepper uh, wrote the books on it and the King family totally. And there was a trial, and a second trial. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so it was basically impossible to find that that was the official story was true. And yet he was the man who looked through all of the evidence and found no conspiracy like, um, involved Brett in Brett Kavanaugh like, found Vince Foster committed suicide. It's like that. It's beautiful. So uh, we've got this guy who's been put into the ranks. And he can. He seems to walk on water. No one mentions old straight sideburns Pottinger, who's described as like the perfect figure, Nixonian gray, like, you know, in, in different places. I'm, I'm sort of like semi-quoting things, but it is that sort of gray Nixonian feel about him. And he serves through Nixon and... Um, uh, Ford administration and a little bit in Carter because the Watergate stuff goes on for longer and he has to finish off the report in 1977 when he's supposed to be leaving office and they allow him to stay on to finish covering the <laughs> Watergate. During that time, the year before as well, he's actually interviewing W. Mark Felt who's reported to, in many places to be the deep throat character who's the informant from the deputy director of the FBI who's the informant in Watergate. Uh, he's a, a, a Apparently, uh, he's got him under oath uh, in court, and he says, are you deep throat? And uh, W. Mark Felt proves himself, flies up in the air, spins around four times, his, his, his bow tie spins around <laughs> too, his eyes pop out. Goes, oh! No comment. <laughs> and notices his face and <laughs> says, oh, okay, well, um, I tell you what, I'll retract that question as not relevant to the point of the investigation, which was the breakings uh, and to uncover the weather underground. People, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was the most relevant thing that you could possibly ask him. So it, in real time, he was covering up. And that came out in The Secret Man that was by Bob Woodward in 2005 when they were just like pumping out all of these truths because they're like, oh, look. Yeah, oh, once it doesn't matter anymore. Once nobody's alive who remembers the story. And Pottinger promised he would never tell, and to his credit, he never <laughs> did. You know, to his credit, he kept that cover up. But he's going still, all is he, did way. he just die or is he still alive? Yeah. Who? Pottinger? Yeah, no, he was around. Alive. So you said he never did tell, but yeah. he, I mean, and he won't. No, that's yeah, what yeah, that, yeah. that's what Woodward's yes. is I'm quoting Woodward in two thousand and five. So he yeah, yeah. Tell, to yeah. his credit, he never did. Uh it up until that time he still hasn't told now. Oh, he's he's yes. naughty boy. He would have a lot to tell if he asked. If he I mean got, how sure would you even pick? I know, I know, and it's gonna so be a little it is, more. It's, it's interesting more that, that he was heard. in all these administrations. Like he was in Nixon and then he was in Ford, and I think he was still there. Under Carter, even though, boy, I mean, if 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 the obvious is true, he really stabs Carter in the back. If I can understand correctly, oh, you can't get like, I mean, he is he is in the shadows, waiting to shank. He's he's like in the shower room. And the guy, Carter there, with his yeah. bubbly hair, and he's in jail, and he's he's showering away, and he's shown he's, he's got soap in his eyes. He's no idea what's going on. The only tell. president who suffered and more comes Stanley Pottinger. From Pottinger, Pottinger is, uh, was Reagan, <laughs> because it, apparently, like, from what I could tell, he was in bed with Bush. And, you know, so the whole idea, the whole theory, and I'm not sure everybody knows this, and it does definitely seem to have really happened this way, is that the Iranian hostage crisis was, because I remember it. I mean, I don't know if you're too young for sure, but um, I actually remember I was in grade school. I was in the, the U.S., and we used to pray for the hostages every day. 
And from what I understand, that some faction from the Republicans went over there and made sure that the hostages didn't get released. And then the day that Reagan won, the hostages did get released. Now, it is just speculative. That was a weird coincidence. But it seems to me in the most plausible story I can come up with or that I believe now is that it was something that Bush did behind Reagan's back. And the reason I, I actually believe that 100 percent is, OK, so people like Pottinger and others uh, in in league with Bush, I'm going to speculate, arranged for the hostages to not be released before Reagan got elected. That betrayed Carter. But about a year later, Reagan got shot. So he was definitely not the person they were trying to get into office. No, 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 no. I think I think you're completely right. I think uh, the, what what the first Bush wanted in alone. Bush wanted to be president um, after director of the CIA. Why wouldn't you? And I mean, we're 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 skipping seriously ahead there because I'll, I'll say very quickly. Um, he was also involved in the standoff of Wounded Knee and the case uh, against Orlando Letelier right. uh, of Orlando Letelier's assassination in Embassy Row, which is very important yeah. because that relates to Bush and his relationship with Bush. Because when um, uh, Orlando Letelier, who had been like foreign minister um, under Allende before the CIA coup that was like yeah, openly yeah. CIA in like 1973. Before before uh, that happened, well, he ended up going into exile. Uh, Orlando Allende, of course, was assassinated uh, killed. on Diplomats Row in DC. I mean, that really put the nail in the coffin for me in thinking about all the Russians who were killed over like maybe about 10 years ago, including the guy who founded RT and other people and and our story, the official U.S. story, is like, yeah, the Russians came over here to kill those guys. It's like, I don't think it works like that. They'll just bring down a plane, you know, like they're not coming to D.C., mm -hmm. you know, like it's just not believable. So and then after seeing that where it clearly was an inside job or whatever, I feel like that's a pattern that we can't ignore. 